Hi, this is Steve Wick, president of Drive Through RPG, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris, Peter, and Jessica look back at the most anticipated RPGs that came out this year. In the news, new covers for the Tyranny of Dragons adventure and the new Dragonlance novel, the 1980s Dungeons and Dragons cartoon is getting a comic, Henry Cavill will be starring in a Warhammer 40k series for Amazon, a new Star Trek Adventures mission, and more, plus a new listener question and a brand new sketch about fairly splitting the loot. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. Visit Wolfgang von Sprinkletoe's pyrotechnics for all your fireworks and other assorted fire-based entertainment devices. Choose from the world-famous Sprinkletoe's explosive badger, or from a wide range of rockets, blinkers, flares, mortars, bangers, squibs, comets, candles, shells, sparklers, flashes, bombs, busters, and glow sticks. I heartily recommend that you frequent this establishment, as Mr. Von Sprinkletoes owes me money after a rather large wager involving a garble toad and one of Mrs. Cockle's left-handed knee breeches. I'd very much like him to pay me back, but his business is not doing well after he accidentally blew up Lord Mucklejoy's privy on New Year's Eve. That stuff gets everywhere. All the tabletop role-play news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial Tabletop RPG Hello, hello, hello and welcome to the last Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk of the year I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris Or Morris, a.k.a. Russ And with me this week is Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers and has ever joining us. It is the intermittently international woman of mystery. It's the one. It's the only. It's... It's me, Jessica from EM Publishing. And I Although don't... technically it says it's Maxwell, so I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm using woman a different computer. Woman of mystery, Russ. Yes. Woman of mystery. Mm. I'm, uh, because it's the last episode of the year, I am phoning in all the way from the sunny, sunny Caribbean. Yeah, I was just about to vacation. say, just tell all the listeners where you are right now. Yeah. I'm I'm specifically in the Cayman Islands uh, with family, because uh, I'm very lucky that I have family over here, so I get to stay at their house uh, over Christmas. Um, in We're not, we're yeah. not jealous at all, are we? We <laughs> sit here in minus three degrees and freezing sometimes. <laughs> it is quite warm here, I will not lie, but yeah. I'm going through yeah. sun cream like nobody's business, because I am still ginger. <laughs> yeah. Sun cream is one thing I'm definitely not going through right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, Money factor 50 or factor 70 no. every day. Woo. Yeah. Okay, we have a, uh, a listener question of the week. Excellent. What's the question? This is, this is from Mastodon. Oh, excellent. That's not the person, that's the platform. The social media platform. Uh, posted yeah. by Phil at the yes. Dice Mechanic. Yes. And Phil would like to know, why do we keep buying books we never read and games we never play? Is this the three of us specifically, or just the the hobby as a whole? <laughs> I think generally, but we can only speak for ourselves, I guess, okay. but generally. Yeah. I didn't know if that was just an accusation. It's like the three of you need to sort yourselves yeah. out. Okay, you think? I'd just like to say that listener Lee Donovan is feeling really personally attacked right now. Oh, yeah, it's me not too. all about me you, Lee. Yeah, yeah. I've got a oh, lot sure, of games. Sure. Sure. I don't feel That's that fair. personally attacked. 
by it, I must say. Because, I mean, sometimes I do get sent some books, but I don't... But then I don't feel bad because I haven't, like, purchased them and someone's just sent me them to try and review. And mm. if I don't get time to do that, then that's... Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I think the reason a lot of them do is because, like, you have intents to run these games and you see this cool system. Yeah. But I think part of it is sometimes finding people that want to play something different. Because, like, mm. it's, I think it's the classic everybody wants to play D&D thing. And sometimes finding people that want to play a different system, some people struggle with. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's not even that. My gaming group will play whatever someone wants to run. That's fine. Mm-hmm. So that's never going to be an issue. For me, it's just that I think I'm kind of just bit of a collector i just like collecting these things some people collect other yeah. things some people collect stamps or golf balls or no no one collects golf balls do they i don't um, know somebody but will probably somebody probably collects black golf balls but people collect different things mm-hmm. and i guess i collect tabletop role-playing games Ooh. so i've got shelves and shelves of them many of which i never play but i like looking at them and i like looking through them i haven't necessarily read every word in every one of them mm-hmm. but some of them i think cover to cover I do so that yeah, for me, with, um... for me, it's collecting. To yeah. And my books, yeah. novels. I got yeah. a lot of books, a lot of novels. Okay, I won't throw a book away. Like um, Sharon, my wife, complains about the number of books and says, "Can I give some of them away? Can I get rid of no. some?" No, no, no. It's my, it's my collection of books. It's, you know, since I was a kid, I've never thrown a book away, and I never will. Oh my goodness, that's wild. Okay, yeah. that is. I would not have People... space in my home for that. Yeah. The thing is, I love a room that's lined with books. And when I move yeah. in February, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, Woo! my new office will be lined with books. And that's a, a look and a feel that I really like. Mm-hmm. Yes. And also improved bulletproof. And that too, yes. <laughs> should, should the snipers appear, yeah. The ones are basically shooting through walls at you, yeah. but still. <laughs> Peter, what are your thoughts on uh, unplayed, untouched games that have been purchased? Um... Well, I suppose initially I was going to go with hope because there's always this hope when you get a new book. It represents potential. Mm. Here is something that could be the first step to a whole new chapter of your life and fantastic times. In the way, same way, the first time you picked up a role-playing book, that was the first time you picked up a character sheet, rolled some dice. That was the first time you took a step on a hobby towards like you know where we are now, which has been many years later. But nowadays, I'm like more likely to collect books because of their uh, symbolic significance. And like, like for instance, uh, Blades in the Dark, I have a I have a copy of that because there's just so many fantastic ideas in that. Which even though I have never run Blades in the Dark, and to be perfectly honest, I'm probably not going to. There's uh, so many ideas in that which I can use. Yeah, you can you can plunder games for. Yes. Yeah, for content, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, so so quite, I think my buying habits have changed from, oh, I'll totally run this new system. Never happens to, oh, I might get this book and then I can use the ideas in it to make the games that I am running better. And yeah. I think that's, that, that's where I am. So I don't know if those would count as not being used. I mean, they're sort of being used, just not maybe the way they're intended. But mm. I, I, I'm also trying to be much better, a lot better about reading what I have bought. Yeah, and that's it's a, it's a time issue, that for yeah, me. It's, yeah. uh, I try to, but it is a time issue. And I, I'm one of these people that I find it really hard to do things other than work. Because any time I'm doing it, I feel like, oh, I could just be finishing that thing off, or I could be doing that. And because because of the setup, again, going to change when I move with like, the mm-hmm. computer, as you, as you know, in my lounge, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. always in sight. 
It's mm. always right there in the corner of my eye. Yeah. So, you Pretty know, I, switch I, off. I, yeah, yeah, I have a terrible work-life balance, basically. So, in, in theory, that's going to change next year, but we'll see. Please it might just be that I'll, I'll just never leave my office. I don't know. We'll see. Make we'll sure see. it's make sure it's a really nice office then. It's going to be a really nice office. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I've done with sure. mine. I've made my. I was like, oh, I'm going to spend a lot of time in here, so I'm going to make my office a space I yeah. want to. I enjoy being. So yeah, yeah. All right. So shall we jump into the news? Shall we? Yes. Do let's. you feel we fully answered that question? I feel that we yes. Because maybe we're collecting it. We have hope for the future, and because you know maybe people don't want to play games with us because we're not nice people. Is the answer? We are oh. nice people, Jessica. Not, not us, but like other uh, people. Obviously, well, you did say we. Yeah, I did the royal we. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so Jessica's not a nice person, but but Peter <laughs> and I are, are nice people. Well, I'm a nice person. Not 100 percent sure about us. <laughs> I think I'm nice. Yes, you do. all right russ what's happened this week i want to start off with some bad news sad so uh kim mohan who uh Uh, worked at tsr and wizard of the coast he was editor-in-chief of dragon magazine from issue number 49 he authored the alien d1 in wilderness survival guide um he joined tsr in 1979 um uh, in 1986, he worked with Gary Gygax in his new company and later returned to D&D and, and worked on D&D 3rd edition and Wizards of the Coast. Um, he passed away this week Aww. after some lung issues, according to his wife, Pam. Industry veterans have been saying really lovely things. I've never, I've never met Kim and I don't know Kim, but um, from what people have been saying about him, he is apparently one of the nicest people or was one of the nicest people in the industry you could ever hope to meet, you know, very, very supportive of other people, very kind, very generous. This is what people have just been saying again and again on mm-hmm. Facebook and Twitter and everywhere, just like he was such a lovely, lovely person. Oh, well, that's so he died Age 73, Aww. which, you know, is, is young. Sorry, uh, sorry to his family for the loss right before the holidays as well. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So that's just the bad news. Let's move on to some better news, shall we? Yes, please. I've got a couple of product covers to show you. Oh, recommend the chat. This one is gorgeous. I think you're going to like this one. So you recall that the Tyranny of Dragons re-release is coming in January. We talked about it briefly, I think, recently, yeah? Yes, that does sound like something we would do. Peter's looking at me and I have no idea what you're talking about. They're dragons Uh, and they're rather tyrannical. Yeah. So Tyranny of Dragons is getting a new... Release. Mm. It's the combined, oh. um, yes. the, the combination of um, Hall of the Dragon Queen and uh, what's the other one? Uh, uh, Rise of Tiamat. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's those I two played combined. played these games. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's got a brand new cover. And yeah. the cover, I think, is gorgeous. It's yes. a lovely, lovely picture of Tiamat. Mm. Just her five heads. And it is absolutely... It's a stunning cover. I think it's one of my favourite D&D covers I've seen in a long time. Yeah. It's quite interesting because it's Tiamat, but Tiamat is contemplating her orb quite Mm. happily there. She's... Is that meant to be a world or something? I don't know. I I don't know either. I've played the game. It's a treasure. It's an orb of some kind. It looks like it's covered in gold filigree a bit as well. Well, it's got... It's glowing blue, Russ. Yeah. That's always something is seeping out of it. Mm. No, yeah. Must be highly yeah. radioactive. 
It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous cover. It's got, I love I, it. I love yeah. the dragon head on the left. The I think it's the black dragon head. The black dragon, yeah. Yeah. With the, with the forward pointing horns. They almost look like an, uh, a weird fish you'd find at the bottom of the sea. You know, yeah. when they do those that, that survives only in the dark. And you're like, it's what the heck? a little bit of a Xenomorph vibe to it as well. Like, yes, it. which also does... Xenomorphs do have yeah. the vibe of maybe it's an anglerfish in disguise. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. those are my thoughts. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Kind of looks so, like an anglerfish, 10 out of 10. Good cover. So I assume they're just re-releasing this with a new cover just because Dragon Lance is out as well and Tiamat is the prime villain in both of them, even yeah. though we on this podcast refuse to believe that Tiamat and Tarkisis are the same. Wizard of the Coast is taking that position and we uh, will allow them to believe that if they wish. I'm going to stick with Margaret Weiss on this one. <laughs> so. Margaret Weiss says they are not. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's one cover. Thank you for sharing that. That was a nice picture. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one is, um, you recall the new Dragonlance Trilogy of Novels by Weiss and Hickman? Yes. So You've read the first one, though, haven't you? I have read the first one, which was Dragons of Deceit, which came yeah. out earlier this year. Dragons of Fate comes out in August 2023. Oh, And the that... cover of that has been revealed. Russ, do I recognise yes. that red-robed chap in the background. I mean, I can't really comment on what you do or do not recognise, Peter, but... uh... Okay, I was just wondering um, whether my suspicions might be correct or not. There is a red-robed figure with what I describe as probably more beaten gold rather than copper-coloured skin. Yeah, okay, so... And that's Sturm on the right. Yeah, they're in the Ah. previous novel as well. It is a time travel story. Ah, It's kind of very much says so on the cover and stuff, but it is a time travel story. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have identified that chap as Sturm, to be fair. But, you know, Raceland Majir is a very, like, visually distinctive yeah, character. Yeah. yeah, and that'll be Destina, is the, um, mm. the, the heroine Dragon? of this trilogy. Oh, okay. In the middle. Ah, uh, okay, yes. Uh, so, young black lady with a... Is that a hoopack? Uh, no, no, just a stuff, I think. Oh, okay, so it's just like, I had like a little uh, twiddly bit at the top. Which yeah, is like, yeah um, I, think it, I think it's just, I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't know, it could well be. Hmm. Why I should only we'll care if you have two yeah, I guess we'll though. find out in... Yes, which, yes. Which is quite a long way away, to be fair. Yeah. yeah but we it's got kind of a Swiss Alps look to it. Alpine meadow. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we'll put links in the show notes for those, because obviously those are visual Lovely. things, which are hard to share on uh, audio format like this. Yeah, yes, but, 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 but I, yeah, I think we you should did. have a look. Yes, mm. and you should have a look because there's a, a a white or silver dragon, I'm not sure which, I suspect silver, who's just like posing. Uh, I almost... don't think a white dragon would just sit there calmly. They might do, don't they? they yeah, but this they... one does look very majestic, almost like a, a wish dragon or a luck, was it a luck dragon for a never ending story? Yeah, 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 luck dragon, which is yeah. more. Yeah, I mean, they're not as feathery or as Chinese looking, but I, I, no. I get that vibe because but of the all vibe. the tentacles mm. and the just the. They, they generally appear to be smiling, but it's also yes. like just the way yeah. they're posing. Like they're just like, ah, look at me. I am majestic. Yeah. yeah. Like, yes, you're so majestic. So, yeah, mm-hmm. if you're a dragon fancier, this is a good cover to look at. Or a yes. dragon fancier. What? As opposed to a dragon fondler, which is something entirely different. But not for the There's podcast. There's a website for that. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what they are? I'm going to move this on. What's yes. next? Swiftly, swiftly, Jessica. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, comic books is next. Yes. Yeah. Slightly off the beaten track for us, but it is a Dungeons and Dragons rated comic book. It is based on the 1980s cartoon, and Ooh. it's basically like a missing episode. 
uh-huh. in comic book format. It's a four-issue uh, miniseries. It's like the 40th anniversary of the animated show, the 80s show. Oof. So this is like a lost episode. It's okay. got the, uh, the, the characters from the, um, from the cartoon. Yeah. And it will be coming out in March. I don't know much Ooh. more about it, to be honest. Just that. Yeah, coming well. out in March. It's a... Say no more. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Get it from your local yeah. comic store. The cover looks yeah. cool as well. I'm looking at it now. They're all falling through like a yes, portal yeah. into the land. It's got Diana the Acrobat wearing more clothing than traditionally in the cartoon, which is good. That's nice. Probably good for a 14-year-old girl. In a cartoon, yeah. she wears basically a, a fur bikini, I think. Is that fair to say? And a headdress. And when <laughs> I say headdress, I mean a tiara. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A oh. yeah. Well, she gets yeah. to keep... It looks like she is wearing a tiara or something still, so... Oh, I think good. everyone yeah. should get to wear a tiara, because it makes you feel powerful. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it does. I, I, I just can't I can find lend one in my size. I know you've got one, Jess. I have two. I have two. Jessica's legit. That would be caught without a tiara. Got the main one and a spare. I am, I, I I am glad for you. Well, they're different colours because they go with different outfits, obviously. Um, yeah. Anyway. Moving on. What else should we talk about? Should we talk about World 20 and Pathfinder? Yes. Yes, let's. Okay. So, um, you know that there are community content programmes on um, um, uh, Taito RPG and stuff like that. Yes. So this is kind of a bit like that. So Roll20 is having community content programs rolling out for Dungeon Masters Guild mm-hmm. and for Pathfinder slash Starfinder, which are two big community content programs. Mm-hmm. So Dungeon Masters Guild is the one everyone knows about. It's the Wizard yeah. of the Coast one. Pathfinder's mm-hmm. got one called Pathfinder Starfinder Infinite, also hosted by Drive Through RPG. Um, we've got one for What's Old is New. Um, there's lots of them. There's mm-hmm. a Call of Cthulhu one. There's uh, a Cypher System one. There's loads of them. There's dozens of them. Loads of them, but the big mm-hmm. ones are kind of like Dungeon Master's Guild and the Pathfinder one. So, Roll20 is rolling out a way for you to sell Roll20 content in the same through the community content programs, as I understand this. So, up until now, you couldn't sell like a Roll20 Forgotten Realms book. Mm. You, could, you could put it in Dungeon Master's Guild because Dungeon Master's Guild is designed for that, and you can use Wizards IP in Dungeon Master's Guild, but you couldn't put it on Roll20. Mm. now you can it's basically what this oh, is and the same with Pathfinder they've got a similar deal with Pathfinder so for both of them you can actually use the IP of the relevant companies and put them on Roll20 through the community content programs on drive through RPG I think that made sense did that make sense? did that make mm. sense? sometimes I make sense sometimes I don't I don't know I'll nod and smile and say yeah sure let's not? just assume that I did yeah. it's um, a bold assumption but we'll go yeah yeah. Um, so the, role, the revenue split will be the same as for Roll20 products and uh, it's launching in February, this, and they're going to give us more information in January. Nice. That's all we know so far. So that's, that's Pathfinder and DMG. That sounds amazing. Yeah. 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 I have some news from the Darrington Press. Uh, mm-hmm. For those in the know will know that's the publishing arm of Critical Role. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's they have a new dramatic storytelling game called Till so- the Last Gasp. It's actually a board game, this, isn't it? Oh. It's a dramatic storytelling game. <laughs> yes. Okay, yes. But uh, so it's like a two player, it's a one on one duel in a genre of your choice. Um yeah. the different styles of fighting. So you could be like it could be kung fu, it could be gunslinging, or it could be yeah. sci fi or whatever. Uh but it's meant to be on an emotional story between the combat players. Mm. Mm. So the reason behind the fight. Right, right. So yeah, so it's got a forty page rule book. 
whole load of dice in the box. You get two player board, you get maps, uh, pre-gen characters, blank character sheets, a drama deck, uh, mm-hmm. tokens, trackers. So there's a lot in this box that you'll get. And it's coming out in March mm. of next year and it's just for $40. So I think that's pretty good. So I might check that mm. out actually. That sounds interesting. It does actually sound quite interesting, yeah. Yeah, the, the idea um, of the, the why you're fighting. Yeah, I mean, you know I'm not a big board game person, but this does look interesting to me. I think because it's got, it's a very much a storytelling narrative kind of angle to mm. it that mm. Critical Role does enjoy, so yeah. yeah, that makes sense to me. So yeah, that's yeah, going yeah. out, and the box yeah. art looks really nice as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got it's some other news that's sort of slightly tangential as well. Okay. But again, not strictly RPG, but... You know uh, the actor Mr. Henry Cavill? Oh, yeah. A, I am familiar uh, with Superman and Witcher. Once a Witcher and yes. was once a Superman and is mm-hmm. now no longer any of those two things. Oh, okay. Um, he possibly yeah. is going to be in a Warhammer 40k Amazon TV show. <laughs> possibly. Oh, like he's just must be frothing at the bit at the chance to do that. Well, He's a massive, massive celebrity fan of Warhammer 40k. Yeah. He's like really, really into it. 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he talks about it on Graham Norton and all sorts of stuff. He talks about it anywhere he can. Yeah, yeah. So um, he does seem like yeah. a good choice. Yeah. Even though he'd be yeah. keen, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. So it's, it's, it's been announced that he's not going to be Superman anymore. That came yeah. out like yesterday, I think it was. And he left The Witcher month ago or so. It was, yeah, a while back because he didn't yeah. like the direction the show was going, so. Yeah, so Amazon's apparently still in negotiations with Games Workshop and has been for a while, mm-hmm. but it is coming to coming to fruition. Yeah. So no other people have been announced or anything like that, so we don't really know who else is going to be in it, who's going to be making it, who's going to be running it, other than it's, other than it's um, Amazon. But there are kind of hints that maybe Henry Cavill's going to be involved. But we'll see. Maybe, maybe mm. not. That's it's certainly not been cool. announced that he's involved. It's just it's very much yeah. rumour mill stuff. Absolutely. Well, good for mm. him. That's yeah. It's awesome to be part of something you're such a big fan of. So that'll be. Yeah, yeah, I think he does. Yeah. Would you like some not adjacent TTRPG news, but actually TTRPG news for this week? On a TTRPG news podcast I can endorse this at this time (laughs) I know I know this this once we'll let you we'll let you come on (laughs) Um, it's another Star Trek adventure because they Ah. they don't stop coming Um, so Modiphius have released um, Incident at Craft 3 Mm. Um, so yeah so it's um, between the TOS and TNG era with the players taking on the role of a Klingon crew in the early Mm. days of the alliance between the Klingon Empire and the Federation Um, so yes it's set there which I think is really cool because I don't know a huge amount about Star Trek but I think the Klingons are quite cool so I think the idea of playing Klingons would be quite fun Hmm. yeah Yeah, I like Klingons too yeah everyone likes a Klingon yeah yeah do we have yeah uh, I did I thought we'd already had Klingons come out for Star Trek they have been in there as well so this isn't the first time but um, right It's, it's more Klingon is what we're Klingon, saying. Yeah. Yes, this adventure okay. you play a Klingon, Klingon peoples as no, well. Nice, nice. It's not the first time, but it, it, it is. Nevertheless, it is happening, and we like it. Hey, yes. Kapla! Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah, and it's twenty-one page adventure. You can get it on Drive Through RPG for less than a fiver. Mm. So if yeah, you're nice. into your Star Trek adventures, yeah, that's a good thing to get. Yeah, yeah. got um, spot news about Kickstarter. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so this is about tabletop gaming in general, not just... We, we, we are being quite non-specific on the tabletop gaming this, uh, this week. Well, but, at the end uh, of the year, worry, there's got... less product announcements, really, yeah. in fairness, so... But um, Kickstarter has passed $7 billion since they launched, what, 12, Ooh. 15 years ago, or in, wow. in, in funding. Yes. Quite a lot of money. Like, gross 20% of yeah. that is tabletop games. Nice. Wow. That's a big proportion of mm-hmm. it. 1.57 billion of that is tabletop games. Good lord. Um, that's over 50% of all gaming content. Yeah. Which I assume means video games as well. Yeah, yeah. Basically. Video right. and tabletop, I guess, is the. That's, that's incredible. Mm. I guess you just don't get as many video games do you, do, going through Kickstarter. I suppose not, yeah. Well, there's been. They're um, harder, yeah. 36,000, over 36,000 tabletop gaming projects launched. <laughs> Wow. And of those, 65% of them funded. Mm, nice. Which is nice, especially when you think that the average for the site is 40%. On average, across yeah. all categories on Kickstarter, 40%, under half, of projects fund. Well, but I guess... But gaming, 65%. I guess we're answering the dice mechanics question at length now, aren't we? You know, mm. <laughs> we yeah, are yeah. still buying these books. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I just thought that was interesting. I mean, mm. I think we already knew that tabletop gaming was a big, big part of Kickstarter. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. But this just kind of just puts some numbers on it, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, the news, I think we might actually be running out of news. Well, I well, mean, perhaps perhaps you casuals might have run out of news. Oh. But if I may refer you to the chat, I have picked up some, like, I don't know how new some of this is, but some of it is very new. Mm-hmm. So there is, um, for our listeners who have often lamented our lack of OSR coverage, uh, there's a Kickstarter that you might be interested in, the Black Sword Hack, which mm-hmm. I've had the chance to speak to the editor-in-chief, uh, Eric Newden, who mm-hmm. has confirmed for me that it's uh, fully illustrated by Goran uh, uh, Glikovic. I'm going to mangle his name horribly, but it's like the Black Hack. But with better swords and a strong Elric of Melbourne by Michael Moorcock vibes. Uh, the idea being that you can do pretty much any old school fantasy or sword and sorcery authors and novels. Mm. So yeah, that's uh, that's looking good. It has funded, and it looks yeah, it's um, it's got that OSR vibe. But also, I am enjoying the artwork, which mm. does, as far as I can make out, appear to be in full color. Yeah, and it is. if I might, if I might draw your attention to the. The sort of like that little splash page about midway down mm. where it says Dark Packs. Mm-hmm. That is very, very cool. It's got like, mm. uh, if Claudio Posas was here, he'd be able to make all sorts of interesting comments about the art. But what I'm going to say is there's like big, scary black tentacles reaching up towards this like lone white figure on a green background. And it looks very underwater and pretty mm. exciting. So, yeah. Very nice. Very nice yeah. indeed. Yes. And also, there is a game which may attract your attention to us, it may not. It's called Space Train Space Heist. You have my attention. It's a really I solid know, name. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know right? exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> I know exactly where I am. I'm in. Yeah, 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 I know. Right? It's, it's like just one of those. It's a GMless game, it's mm-hmm. for one shots. It uses stripped down Forged in the Dark system. Uh-huh. You're, you're on a train in space. You're putting yeah. off a heist in space. Great. Um, What's I've, not to like? Yeah, I've got a link which will be in the show notes. It's uh, been reviewed by Girl Talk, and I believe this is a va- It's by Sam Dunnywold, and you can get it on itch.io. So, um, 
Obviously, I'm sure Sam is a frequent listener, but if for whatever reason they missed it and you're a friend of his or theirs, let Sam know. We're like, yes, we wish to play your game. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> it's, it's the usual blazing dark stuff with full shenanigans. Um, nice. Stripped down, one to three is a fail, four to five is a success with a cost, and six is a full success. Easy peasy. Mm. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Now, it's an important time of the year. Yeah. It's that time of year where everybody gets to nominate their favourite tabletop RPG podcast of the year. We do this every year and we count mm. down in January the best tabletop RPG, well, favourite tabletop RPG podcast in two categories talk and actual play. Occasionally, we've even featured in that list, but not always. Our ability to actually feature in our own list. But anyway. Um, did, we, did we get nominated this year? Uh, well, I only only did it um, posted the uh, nomination for literally before we uh, before we started recording. So not yet. Nobody's been nominated yet. It's, it's been up like half an hour. So if you're listening to this, listeners, please nominate us because because Russ gets really pouty, like super pouty. You would not <laughs> believe he just goes. Oh, he's like his big puppy eyes. He's like, no, please don't. Actually, what what would be funny funnier is if you nominated not D and D my podcast instead of this one. <laughs> that would annoy Russ more. Uh, that would count for the top section. So that would be what I recommend you do. Oh uh-huh. no, no I, I mean, obviously, please nominate Jessica's podcast. And that is quite funny, but I just I just can't deal with the pouting again this year. It's too much. <laughs> Oh, I've got another one where I did This Week in Tabletop RPG, which is just this in three minutes. Yeah. So if you value efficiency, <laughs> Well, that that, that's what, clearly that's what people tune in for, yeah. our yeah. efficiency. Effici- yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah. we like to provide yeah. something for everyone at EM World. We have this waffling hour-long thing and then a three-minute summary. So. Not everyone. I want to be clear that waffling. we do not have a dragon fondling podcast. Waffling? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> but keep an eye on emworld.live in 2023. Uh, coming soon. <laughs> so to, to nominate a um, uh, podcast for this, uh, for this, what happens is you've got to go, the link will be in the show notes, go to the thread, post your nomination as a reply in that thread. You get one nomination per person per category. So that's one talk and one actual play podcast only each. Um, the podcast must have released at least three new episodes in 2021 mm-hmm. uh, to qualify. Do you mean 2022? Uh, yeah, it's got to be uh, 2022, sorry. Yeah. Oh, I actually wrote 2021 in the post. Let yeah. me change that live <laughs> on, uh, to 2022. Yeah, because otherwise, you know, it's like you have yeah. to have been running for over a year. Yeah. Okay, 2022. Um, it's <laughs> got to be a podcast. Yes. So we're not nominating YouTube channels or Twitch streams or anything. It's oh. got to be a podcast. I mean, it can have a YouTube channel and a Twitch stream as well. Yeah. But what we're not talking about here is the podcast. And obviously, it can't be your own podcast or one that you're involved. And it's got to be about tabletop role-playing games. Okay. Pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, just pop along to the thread. Leave your nominations there. Say why you're nominating that one. Because when we count them down, we do read out what people say about them as well. So, if you do yeah. vote for not D&D, just say specifically to annoy Russ. That'll be great. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, also, <laughs> Russ, if people like voting yes, for yes, things... Jessica. Also, what? If people like voting for things... <laughs> what? What? What there, do you want, Jessica? Is there still time for them to vote for their most anticipated tabletop RPG of 2023? Uh, yeah, there is still time for them to nominate their most yeah. anticipated tabletop RPG of 2023. That ends on the 19th is a nomination phase, which is Monday or something? Monday. Soon. No. So very then little time. That, 
Yeah, then after that, it will be the voting process after that. Okay, so if you want to be able to vote for your favourite tabletop RPG and not go on and go, why isn't this game I like here? The reason is because you. Your fault. You, listener. Don't ever ask me why your favourite podcast wasn't nominated because the answer is because you didn't nominate it. Or or your favourite tabletop RPG isn't nominated for the most anticipated for 2023. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So then, anyway, that's that done. That's that done. I think that is the news done for the week. Unless... You can think of anything else. Do we want to do some TSR watch? Do we want to? Well, no. Are we but we probably like? should. The TSR News Update. Oh, it's only a little thing, to be honest. It's only... you, you do it, Russ. <laughs> okay. So, as part of the ongoing trial process between TSR and Wizards of the Coast, where Wizards of the Coast is suing TSR. Wizards of the Coast asked for an injunction yes. asking that TSR not be able to release their Star Frontiers New Genesis game until after the trial, i.e., yes. you know, as, as, as in the lead-up to the trial. So they've been denied that injunction by the court. Oh, I'm shocked. Wow. Um, so the reason for this is that um, the the reason given why they should, uh, why, why it shouldn't be, why the injunction should be granted, Wizards of the Coast argued, was that the product contained offensive material, yeah. and should it be released, that would be irreparably damaging to Wizards of the Coast reputation, because oh. Star Frontier, of course, is linked to Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, it's got some really, you know, well, we've covered it before in the podcast, it's got some dodgy stuff. In it. Yeah, yeah. Horrible, horrible stuff. So, um, Justin Lenasser, Sir Justin Lenasser, the owner of New TSR, um, he has stated under oath that the offensive material is not present in current versions of the product mm-hmm. and also has indicated that there is no intention to release the game until after the trial. Mm-hmm. And so the judge has turned around and said, okay, in that case, there is no need for this injunction. Right. Because an injunction for this sort of thing is an, an ex, well, they call it an extraordinary remedy. It's a very, very high standard of, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, um, you know, uh, and it's got to be really, really necessary. And it looks like there isn't actually a need for this injunction because it's for a thing that wasn't going to happen anyway. Because only a fool or someone of incredibly poor judgment mm. would go against the court in such a fashion. Yeah. And that's yeah. definitely not TSR. Yeah. And uh, this is definitely not foreshadowing. Yeah. Anyway, let's see how this goes. Uh, so the trial, for, trial at the moment is like nearly a year away, October the 16th, 2023. Mm-hmm. So it's a long time. These things take so long. Good. I mean, it started, what, a year ago? Over a year yeah. ago? Yeah. It's still a year away. So these so, things do take a really long time. So what I'm hearing is they're going to have to keep their noses clean for the best part of a the year. They haven't been doing very well. I mean, do you remember <laughs> when they were told they specifically weren't allowed to intimidate witnesses? When yes. you have to tell someone that, I do not know. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a wild thing, um, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There are... Yeah, let's just say that there are accounts, social media accounts, which um, people say are in fact just an NASA. Yeah, we can either. And those social media accounts have been intimidating witnesses. (laughs) Uh, We can either confirm or deny the truth of the statement. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not super familiar with with that. I've been following that in that much detail. I've just like been seeing bits and pieces, but. Yeah, what I've been seeing is that people are saying that there are multiple social media accounts out there. I don't know, really. Yeah, we don't know if that's true, but would we be surprised if it was? No, we would not. 
let's just move on. Let's just move yeah, on. Yeah. That yeah. is that is yeah that is the uh, TSR news of that week. So uh, that is all of the news, I believe, of the week and of the year. Because this is our last news section of the year. Bum, bum, bum. Yes, it's a frightening thought. It's nearly the end mm. of the year. It's exciting. So it's it nearly twenty twenty three. But there really will still be news articles and stuff and things posted on enworld.org. Yes, if people want yeah, to read will, stuff and things stop, yeah. that are going yeah. on. So, yeah. Now that, my friends, is what I call a fight. It was close, but our skill and experience prevailed. Now for the important part. Oh, indeed, it is time to split the loot. Will you just look at that horde? Verminafrax the Red must have been sitting on 30 million gold at the least. <laughs> That's enough to feed the 47 provinces for like 100 years. Uh, I bagged the Excalibur. Hey, no fair. You had the Excalibur from Vector's treasure trove. Well, you know, what are you going to do with an Excalibur wizard? I mean, as a rogue, I might find a use for it, but, you know, it really is best suited for our fighter frontier. I might multi-class. You? You were as feeble as a dandelion in a strong wind. Ha, multi-class my foot. Haven't you heard of Dex Fighters? Yeah, but you can't even put a sock on without falling over. You know, just stick to the spellcasting, my scholarly friend, and, you know, leave the pointed sticks to the warrior. Okay, okay, one Excalibur. And you had that meal near the other week after we raided the Frost Giant's stronghold. Yeah, that is a good point, actually. And a Glamdring, a Stormbringer, seven Dragon Lances, the Lightsaber, the Lasso of Truth, three Swords of Shannara, Gungnir, Shiva's entire bow collection, Zeus's Thunderbolt, and the Trident of Poseidon. What, do you think I should hire a caddy? No, we we think you're hoarding too much of the, um, the, the, the hoard. Yeah, I mean, last thing I got was this piddly ring of invisibility from those, you know, two evil hobbits we slew at Mordor. And I just got this silly little wand with the word Expelliarmus on it. Um, you, uh, dropped your Excalibur. Clumsy of me. Uh, Anyway, uh, I was thinking... Thinking? That's not like you. Nevertheless, the ethical position we find ourselves in has been weighing on my mind. Ethical position? Whatever do you mean? Rogues thinking about ethics? Whatever next? I'm serious. I mean, all this loot. What of it? It's, um, it's not ours, is it? What do you mean, it's not ours? We kill the dragon, we get the loot. Simple. But this horde doesn't belong to the dragon, either. Well, no, the dragon's dead. It belongs to us. No, 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 no. <laughs> what I mean is that this is all stolen treasure. So? And it rightfully belongs to the people of the Seven Realms. I suppose, technically. Are you suggesting what I think you're suggesting? Well, I guess that depends on what you think I'm suggesting. That we return this mountain of wealth to its, uh, allegedly... Rightful owners. Oh, yes, that is what I'm suggesting. Have you considered the ramifications of such an ill-conceived act? Ramifications? What ramifications? 
Inflation, my friend. If we dumped 30 million gold into the economy, we'd destroy a carefully balanced social order and disrupt the livelihoods of millions. So what you're saying is... We should keep all this treasure for the benefit of society? Exactly. You've convinced me. Now, is that Thor's belt, I see? Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right, don't forget... Patreon.com slash Morris. Can I go now? So, as we are getting ready to vote for the most anticipated tabletop RPGs of 2023, voting uh, and nomination, nominations are open now and voting will start soon. And we're coming to the end Ooh. of the year. We thought we would look back at the 10 most anticipated tabletop RPGs of 2022 that you all voted mm-hmm. for last year. And then like, mm-hmm. just talk about them and now that they're out or whether or not they are out and available. Yeah. And just talk about yeah. them. So we have the list mm-hmm. on EN World and, and we can go through them and, and discuss. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we could just count down from 10 to 1, shall we? Yes. Because just... that's oh, yeah. so exciting. It's Here we go. Tense. Woo. Well, it's not that tense because it is it is a list that people knew about a year ago. It's not like anyone's waiting to find out what's number well, one. Well, maybe because s- we told them maybe somebody's new to tabletop RPGs and they only recently started listening, so it is new for them. No, the hobby so, is growing every day. This 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 exciting breaking news is what was anticipated a year ago. Yes. Posted <laughs> January second, twenty twenty two. Yeah. On oh, the oh, world. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. So what was number ten, Russ? Uh, the tenth most anticipated game of 2022. Yes, is a game which sadly yeah. didn't make it out in 2022. Still it's not. still upcoming. Okay, it is the 5e version of Werewolf the Apocalypse. So we all basically know what Werewolf is. Yeah, yes, the white, the white wolfy thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, a world of darkness thing. Yeah. So yeah, I mean. There's a 5e version coming that has been since it was anticipated last year. It's not here yet, so I guess it's still anticipated. In fairness, they did say at the time, to frame this story in the most exciting way possible, whilst also being respectful to the cultures portrayed in it, they're taking their extra time to make sure it delivers the best experience. So I guess Mm, that is very much true. They are very much taking their time to make sure it's going to be the best game possible. Yeah. So, I mean, there are other werewolf products out, Mm, obviously. So yeah. this is the fifth edition core book, which was supposed right. to come out, and it's not out yet. So therefore, there's not an awful lot to say about it, really. No. It's still upcoming. I guess people can vote for it again next year, this year. Or maybe they're not right, excited right. about it anymore. Maybe they've, they've, they're like, do you oh, know what? I don't know. I said maybe. Maybe. I mean, I don't is know. anyone here maybe. anticipating it? Uh. Um, No. To be, <laughs> I, I will not like, to, yeah, uh, not that I think there's any issue with it. It's just not a game that's on my my radar. my radar it's not one i'm looking mm. to but i think clearly we're in the minority peter because it was yes. um, voted for by a lot of people and a lot of people looking forward yeah. to this coming out so hopefully mm. in 2023 no. your dreams can come true i'll be very curious to see what they do with it so what about number nine then 
Uh, Are we anticipating still, or has it come out? So number nine is... Do you want to reveal that one, Jessica? Yes, it is Swords of the Serpentine. Swords. 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 Otherwise known as Swords. Swords. By Pelgrim Press. Yes. Yes, and that did come out. Woohoo! That has successfully come out. Two good reviews, as I've seen. People have said, have nothing but praise for it. Apparently it's very, very good. Uh, Kevin Culp and Emily Dresner. Uh, mm. Yeah, we, we've actually played it on this podcast. Yeah, about two years ago, I think it was. Wasn't it? Oh, maybe right. three years ago. I think it was maybe a long longer. Ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kevin ran a, ran a session for us. Yeah. I've, I think I've played a, a similar version, but I haven't played this. I haven't played mm. this specific mm-hmm. game, I think. Yeah. yeah. So it uses the gumshoe system, which is sort mm-hmm. of investigation. Yeah. RPG. Yeah. Um, but um, instead of being detectives it's like sword and sorcery mm-hmm. politics in a fantasy city okay rogues cool. and stuff that does it was fun cool. i really enjoyed the game we played that does sound quite cool so it's like kind of intriguing and yeah, hmm. nice yeah but that did come out so that is no longer anticipated it has expired it's no i can't even think of what i'm trying to say let's just move on it is out <laughs> it is available people have bought it people are loving it yes it seems uh, like it, it seems yeah. people's anticipation was correct yes yeah cool okay Number eight. Peter, would you like to reveal what number eight was a year ago? I would be delighted to reveal what number eight was a year ago. It's from Stockholm Cartel. Mm-hmm. It's all about a now-infested doomsday RPG with cyberpunk, cybernetic punks and misfits raging against a relentless corporate hell. I'm probably going to have to narrow it down further. It's a Morkborg hack by Christian Sarland and Johan Noor of the Stockholm Cartel. It is, in fact, Cyborg. Mm. So did that come out? It, I believe it has because I have a copy mm-hmm. at my house. Well, that would pretty much that. That sounds like, <laughs> yeah. That's a smoking gun right there. I have a copy. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I so do. I do yeah. sometimes get an early press copy of things though. Yeah. So, but I. Mm. But that's normally like a week before it's actually available. So I think mm. it, it is. Yeah, I've not had the chance yeah. to play it. Oh. On mm. the website, it's still on pre-order, so it seems like they're probably waiting for backers to get their stuff. Before it goes out. Yes. So it went out to backers maybe, but yes. it hasn't hit retail yet. That's, that'll be, yeah, that's the stage it's in. Yeah, okay. I've not played it yet because I haven't had, had the time. Mm. So I only very recently got it. It was literally like just, just before I, I got on an airplane to make my way over is there, here. Is, 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 is cyberpunk a thing that appeals to you? Yeah, mm. I think, why not? It, the, the book is very pretty. It's a gorgeous mm. looking book. The art's really cool. I've had a flick through. The layout mm. looks really nice um i've not had a chance to read it cover to cover or anything like that but my first glance at it is that it's a really pretty book um obviously it's the the mockball kind of system so it's going to be familiar if you're used to playing that um but yeah and the, the layout the graphic design and my first glance of it looks really nice so yeah i, I probably will try and have a game of it in next year at some point mm. maybe i'll try running it maybe i'll suddenly be Whoa. a game master maybe this will be yeah. my thing for 2023 or have you running Pathfinder 2nd Edition before you know it? I don't think that will be the system I run. Mutants and Masterminds, you're right. <laughs> no, that is a complex yeah. system. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so Cyborg, uh, yeah, I think it's being fulfilled at the moment. So I think if you're wanting okay. to get it at retail. But, I mean, I imagine if you are one of the people that like was most anticipating this, you would have probably backed it on, on the crowdfunding campaign. Yeah, I imagine. I, I, I imagine there's a crossover between people that vote for it and are very excited about it and support it in crowdfunding. Probably, probably. One would hope. Absolutely. One would hope. Yeah. So the next one was at seven. Was from Rob Schwab. It was a, a family-friendly version of his Shadow of the Demon Lord game, which is very popular. Shadow of the um, Weird is, Wizard. 
Yeah. yeah so this was originally called Shadow of the Mad Mage, I believe. Yes. And then it got changed to Shadow of the Weird Wizard. Yes. Um, mainly Not. because some people objected to the word mad and that it was ableist, I believe, was what happened. Maybe. Oh, I, I, I thought it was because it sounded almost exactly the same as Dungeons of the Mad Mage, the wildly popular set of dungeons from Wizards of the Coast. But yeah, all that too, that maybe. maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe both had consideration maybe. to be made. Well, it hasn't come out yet, anyway. As far as I know, it hasn't come out oh, okay. yet. So mm. it's still it's still pending. So we still don't know much about mm. it, but it is like a family-friendly version. The Shadow of the Demon Lord's quite dark. Yes. It's, yes, not, it's not for kids, mm-hmm. that one. Um, but this is, you know, family-friendly. You could have your kids play this one, apparently. Ooh. But it's not out yet, so who knows? It's going to be edited to... So you can play it that way. Though. And maybe that's why it's taking so much time, because you're like, how do we make this family-friendly? Yeah, yeah. All right, what's next? What was next? Do you want a drum roll for it, for number six? Go on, then. Next, we have Ooh. number six. Rivers of London. Cool. And, uh, <laughs> uh, which did come out. Yes. Just. Only just come out, hasn't it? Yeah, in December, yeah. 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 I think it's... Uh, Dragon Mate. Mm-hmm. I, think the, I think the PDF is out. The hardcover mm. isn't out yet till 2023, mm. but the PDF is out. Yeah, I think that's yeah. right. You can pre-order it now. You get the PDF instantly, yeah. and then the books will be on their merry way to you soon. Yeah. So it counts. It came out. It made it, it out did. in the year it was anticipated for. Um, I haven't seen it. Um, and we've talked about it before on the show. Mm. It's based yeah. on Ben Aronovich's series of novels using the basic role-playing system, which powers Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. Also, the Laundry series by Charles Stross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's basically solving magical crimes across London. Yes, yes. PC Peter Grant is a constable of Sierra Leonean extraction and Mm -hmm. works for the Metropolitan Police, finds himself recruited into dealing with, and I quote, weird bollocks by (laughs) the detective inspector Nightingale, and yeah, it's been going for a long time. It's got a comic book series as well, which also has con- continuity, and it has all sorts of stuff going on. So mm. yeah, including a version of where the German branch of the I don't know the magic police, magic cops show up as well. So there you go, Rivers mm. of London. Yeah, I mean this game was uh, number seven on this list in 2020. It was yeah. at number six in 2021 and number six in, uh, and, and it's number six in 2021. So this, yeah, so yeah. it's been on this three times. So, I mean, yeah. it's finally made it out at least because I remember it being announced at yeah. Dragon Meet. Like, and that would have been the last time we went to Dragon Meet before this time. So that was before the pandemic. Wow, yeah. So three yeah. years ago. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay, next one, number five. What was number five? Who would like to reveal what number five? I can do that. Okay. Because it's a game I play, know, and like. Mm-hmm. It is Mothership mm-hmm. 1E, first edition, by Tuesday yep. Night Games. Nice. So it's a award winning sci fi horror tabletop RPG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, I, what more do you want than that? <laughs> so it's yeah. really great. They did a smart thing for their campaign where they released like an early version of the system that you could try and play. And mm-hmm. then they did the, the Kickstarter campaign and kind of launched it with like. More. Yeah, they built up. Mm-hmm. They built up a big following yeah. before releasing the product. Yes, and then the product is kind of like a lovely boxed set, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so, they did really well. They had like over fifteen thousand backers on crowdfunding. Yeah, they, did they beat a million? I think they beat a million. They did. It was like one, almost yeah. one and a half. 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, really great for them. Um, mm, yeah. And I believe stuff and things are going out to backers now. So mm-hmm. the files aren't print ready, um, but they're getting close to being that. But the PDF versions have gone out to backers on the Kickstarter. Right, and from right. the creators reading about their posts they did in November, they mm-hmm. are um, doing like final proof reading. Uh, there's some just finishing some final art pieces. Um, mm-hmm. So whilst the PDF version you can play, there's stuff coming out for people to play things. The final, mm-hmm. final shiny book in your hat box set in your hands isn't with people yet in 2022 mm. but it will be but of course people yeah. will have had the actual game since before the kickstarter yes yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so so you've been able to play yeah, i've been playing it for a while and play i've got a game booked in january to play as well for a session with some mm. friends i haven't played it but would it be reasonable to describe it as kind of very alienish yes uh yeah. and it's great i love it and they have this character they have where you play like a, I can't remember what it's called, the robot character. Is it just called a robot or AI? I can't remember. But anyway. Synthetic. Synthetic, that's the one. So you play a synthetic. Oh, so it is alien. <laughs> okay. Yes, it is very much feels, yeah. Um, yeah. But it has like nice mechanics in that when you're a synthetic, because you're nearby, when something mm. disturbing happens, you make it worse because you're just slightly unnerving because of uncanny valley reasons. Um, mm. And I love playing synthetic in that game. I played various versions of synthetics that are very just amoral and just very i can't do that dave and i like talking in a very creepy calm flat voice because my voice does sound a bit like a telephone you know options menu press one if you would like this like that does sound a bit like me so i think i'm a good robot casting (laughs) you got good glados vibe uh i have put yeah Uh, yes she is mine it probably helps jess that you are actually made out of lego as well which Makes you a perfect choice to play synthetic. I, I feel I'd be an off-brand version of Lego. I don't think I'd be, <laughs> you know, I'd be... Lego. <laughs> like like bricks with, Lugo. Brick, no, like not even that good. Like one that's called like... Brick, Stickle bricks. Bricks which stick or something. Like I'd be yeah. like, yeah, I don't think I'd be yeah. a branded copy. I think I'm one you get in an Aldi <laughs> bargain bin. Um, oh, but anyway, but Mothership uh, is an anticipated classy. game and... It's kind of out a bit this year. Like, there's stuff. People have got new things. But the actual physical copy isn't with people quite yet. Um, Mm. But I think that's probably due to the scale of how well the campaign did. Because the more backers you have, the more the logistics and the fulfillment of that kind of... um, And the Mm. business management element of things. That's that's why we at EM Publishing always aim for one backer. That's our ideal number of backers. That's that's our goal. That's what we go for. I wish you'd have told me that. Because it makes logistics easy. (laughs) I wish you'd have... But no, actually what Russ does to make logistics easy is hire myself and Zinn to do the fulfillment and logistics side of the product. It makes logistics easy for me. Yeah, for you. For you. (laughs) You just go, there you go, we've done it. And we go, excellent, now our job starts. Um, Does he do like a little hand clap and say, make it so. (laughs) Digitally. Yes. Yeah, um, okay. good, but yeah, we and we do make it so. We do make it so. So, um, mm. But yeah, so so that's kind of technically out, but Mothership is a really good game and I'd recommend people check it out, actually, because I, I really like it. It's great for one-shots. Um, so it's a great little convention game or something like that. Um, mm. 10 out of 10 would recommend. This, this is kind of a little bit of a... It's a bit too late, I suppose. Christmas shopping list as well, isn't it? Well, it's a bit late for Christmas shopping lists with the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Unless you can get it from your oh, friendly right. local gaming store in person because shipping be wild right now. <laughs> or, or, or the PDF yeah. version, of course. Yeah. I don't think a PDF makes a wonderful Christmas present. Though. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was of... like, mm, 
I guess you could send someone the link, like to their drive through RPG account. You're like, here, mm. here's this PDF you want. But, yeah, I suppose so. I, but anyway, it's, so, it's too late for your Christmas shopping unless you're going to your friendly local gaming store. Yeah. Right, what's next? Peter, I'm starting to review number four. Number four of the 10 most anticipated tabletop RPGs of 2022 is from Magpie Games. It's set in a world which was at peace until the Fire Nation attacked. It's Avatar Legends, the role-playing mm. game. Done by some people who've been on the show before. It is uh, powered by the apocalypse. It's got a number of playbooks, templates that help the characters play new and different characters. Yeah, um... I can say that it has come out to at least some Kickstarter backers because there's a copy sitting on my table and very pretty it looks Ooh. too. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so biggest tabletop RPG Kickstarter ever in history. It was like what, $10 million ten? Dollars yeah. paid. Yeah. <laughs> and it was only fourth most anticipated on the list. Yeah. It was only fourth most... Yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah. But People were excited, mm-hmm. but well, pretty sure it came uh, out. Yeah, that was the, the Kickstarter itself was... Yeah. Wow, it's like five times as big as the next biggest. Yep. There's really only been a couple that have broken two it million and they've only just it, done yeah. 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 It was enormous. Uh, but it is out. It, ha- it did make it out this year, which is good. Unlike the next one, number three, Pendragon yeah. 6th edition, which has been mm. coming for a while, hasn't made it out this year. It is coming out next year, apparently. Um, it was on the list the year before as well. So it's been anticipated for a few years now. I'm going to assume it is going to come out next year, and I expect it will get it will be voted into the list this year. Do you know what's interesting? That in the 2021 list, it was number four, fourth most mm. anticipated. 2022, four. it was the third most anticipated. Mm. So this year, will it be? Will it go up another step to be the second? So the second most anticipated, maybe. We'll see. I mean, it has to be nominated. I can tell you that. It would be. It would be satisfying to just have that, like you know, straight mm. lines. Mm. Yeah. I suppose it would. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's not an awful lot. I was just saying that. It's a sort of King Arthur um, tabletop role-playing game. Classic game, the original. A classic game. I don't know what else to say about it. It started in the 1980s. Yes, Pendragon. Every game designer quotes it as one of the best games ever made. It's a game all about generations. Mm. Because you're just following a family in sort of a massive saga over time. With a sort of a D20 twist. Is that a good way to sum it up? Um, maybe. I haven't played it. <laughs> that's, why I'm, I've not, that's why I'm so vague when I talk about I've it. I've not played it either, which is why I was being quiet. So, Peter, you've got to do the heavy all lifting I know, on this All one. I know is that people speak of it very, very, very highly. Yes. I, I've never played it. I've only seen it played. All right. Okay. So, oh, okay. So. But that is that is the gist of it, as I understand it. So, okay. there you go. Fair. Fair. Okay. Uh, the second most anticipated game at the beginning of this year was from World Anvil Publishing, Broken Tales, which I believe, just you said earlier, has come out. It has. Um, I had them as guests on Not D&D as well. So if you want to listen to about an hour's chat about it, you can go to Not D&D mm. and check out Broken Tales on there. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a really cool. It's like a dark twist on traditional fairy tales. Um, mm. So, yeah, so villains... Uh, are now playing as the protagonists and it's kind of a twist on the traditional stories um, yeah and it's just a really interesting kind of game it's got a really nice online following so i think there's a lot of actual plays you can find uh playing this and it's actually had a really big following in the queer tabletop rpg community as well um and i, th- I think that's because of the I, we're chatting about this on the episode of not D, so we talk about this a little bit more yeah. but i think it's the idea that 
because you're playing people that are traditionally seen as villains in this, but you get to be the protagonist and kind of the hero. And I think it's kind of the idea that if you're somebody in society that's traditionally seen as an outcast and as a bad thing, you getting to to, to not be that and to be something different uh, is pretty, speaks to the queer experience a bit. But we chat about that more in the episode of Not D&D. But yeah, so, and I've got a copy of this. I've got a PDF copy. I've not had a chance to play yet, but I have um, read through it and... The artwork is really nice in this as well. It's all very black and red, kind of shadowy, inky sort of art style as well, which mm. informs the gameplay and the tone. And yeah, and I, I, I think it's a really nice game. It's, I think it's one to check out. I understand why people were really excited about it. Yeah. Yes. And it was number two mm-hmm. last year. And it made it out this year. Excellent. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that leaves number one, the most anticipated game of the year last year. Mm-hmm. Has just been released, literally just been released. Yeah, last yeah. week. Yeah, it's from Free League. Yeah. And it is called Bloody Runer. I believe it's pronounced Bloody Runer. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> yes. Often mispronounced as Blade Runner's role playing game. Like people who, yeah. Yeah, by yeah, casual. Common mispronunciation. Are, yeah. they, they've just seen the movie version, they've not yeah. seen the original text, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everyone knows what Blade Runner is. Uh, we don't really need to explain it, I guess. Year Zero engine, um, same thing that powered the Alien RPG, Tales from Loop, yeah. loads of stuff. Um, so um, it was the most anticipated game of the year. I got my Kickstarter copy literally this week. I got mine last week, yeah. And the book is now available for purchase. Yeah. Ooh. So they've been fulfilling Kickstarter back. So it made it out this year. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Their Kickstarter fulfillment and book being in retail always happens at a very, very similar time. Yeah. Yeah. I would personally prefer a delay on that because as as a backer of a Kickstarter, I want to feel that I've got some advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, why why, why not just wait for retail? I think from the update on Kickstarter, they had, um, Freelig did say they had planned it to have a longer gap, but there Mm, was like... Some sort of logistics fulfillment delay, which caused the backers to be have their things a little bit later. Um, mm, but I yeah. think the reason they did it this time is because they wanted to get it out before Christmas. I think it, yeah. it had it been another month, like January or February, they might have delayed the retail release. But they literally put it out to retail last week. And I think if you want to do Christmas things, you've got to get it out. By that's yeah. already yeah. that's already incredibly did, late yeah. for Christmas. I think it actually did hit retail before I got my backing mm-hmm. copy. That was the, yeah, and I think that was because they yeah. they had such a strict deadline with retail. But the same thing happened with One Ring for me as well, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, well, I can't. There you comment. go. If you're going to yeah. go backing free league Kickstarters, that's where it I guess. Yeah. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, um, that was the most popular, well, most anticipated RPG of the year. It's been out. It's come out this year on time, just about squeezing. And that's it. Yeah. That was that was that's our look yeah. back over the big releases. I mean, we could briefly look at what Wizards of the Coast released over the year as well. Wait, we, we could, or we could shout out the honourable mentions: Transformers by Renegade Game Studios, DCC Dying Earth from Goodman Games, Tales of Zadia, aka the Dragon Prince role-playing game from Fandom, and of course, South Union, the storytelling-based mech combat game from Leyland Press. Yes, yeah, they were. They were close, but not quite in the top ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Right, I think yeah. we're done. We're done for the day. We're, we're done for done. the year. Yes. Do you, Super done. Do we have any messages for the listeners of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk podcast show? We love you all. You're amazing. You're the reason we keep on doing this. And also, if you're following us on Twitter, well, maybe not Twitter anymore, but Mastodon certainly, 
like, do say hello, because it's actually nice to know that we're not shouting into a void here. Mm. Like, <laughs> um, I've got a black yeah. cat, so I, so the, the, I don't scream into the void. The void screams at me and says, it's dinner time now, Peter. Mm. Make with the food. So, you know, give us a shout and, you know, at least be like, oh, that's nice of you. So, anyway. Yeah. And so what I would like to say to the listeners is don't forget to nominate yes. your favourite RPGs or twen- uh, most anticipated RPGs for 2023. True. We've got basically until Monday to do that now because it's yes. been going for a couple of weeks. And then the voting will take place next week, start next week. And don't forget to nominate your best podcasts of 2022. Um, and we've got a couple of weeks to do that. Yeah, nominate those and also nominate Morris's official tabletop RPG talk and <laughs> yes. uh, the one that Jessica does, which name I can't the remember. Two. What's the name of your podcast? I do. The two that Jessica do. There you go. The two that Jessica do. Mm. Yes. Uh, my two podcasts uh, are not D and D, and also we yes. have this week in tabletop Technically, RPG. Unfortunately, by the rules yes. of the podcast nomination thing, if a group puts out more than one podcast, they get lumped together into one nomination. Oh, so that's unfortunately all... that yeah, people will, yeah. when they vote for any of ours, they're voting for all of them. Oh, so okay. so that's just part of Ian World Live's podcast. Yeah, that's why I'm going for Ian World Live podcast. But um, yeah. one thing I'd like Woo. to say is uh, yeah. thanks for having me on the podcast this year, folks. Inviting me to yeah. to join as the third co-host. It's been very mm. fun to get to say strange things on the internet and have them permanently yeah. recorded um, and never to be erased. That's always good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, I also want to say a really big thank you to Daryl, who's the editor. Uh, yes. Because we talk such nonsense on here for so much more time yes. than you actually ever have to listen to oh God, uh, yes. as listeners. And that's all down to Daryl, like, editing us and sorting us out. Uh, so thank you yes. very much. Uh, thank you very Darryl much to him. Awesome. Uh, da- we Darryl do really appreciate sound you. Like competent professionals. Uh, he's, no, not ma- he's not a magician. <laughs> he's not a magician. <laughs> but he, can li- he is but mere mortal. He is, he's a, he is not a mere mortal, but he does uh, limit the amount of pain listeners have to endure. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking that. <laughs> and yeah, looking forward to uh, 2023 and all that that will bring. Amen. Yeah. All right then. Well, with that, it is Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas. Whatever your eating oh, oh, oh. of choice is for the season, we'll see you next year. All right. See you then. All right. Bye. See you later. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. She's she's up in Scotland, so uh, Mm. where it is grim up north. Mm, allegedly.
It's kind of like uh, Game of Thrones. So Southampton's like King's Landing <laughs> and uh, Edinburgh's above the wall. Oh, and Dawn is like the corner. You do realise we probably have some Scottish listeners then. I think they would agree it's like being above had, the wall. It's that cold. Some Scottish listeners. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> What's wrong with being above the wall? Um, <laughs> anyway. Technically, Hadrian's Wall. Yeah, okay. Where, okay. where, 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 where are you from, Jessica? Just I'm Welsh. Welsh, okay. There we go. Yes. It, 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 it's, all, it's, all, it's, all, it's all Celtic here. We're all good, right? 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 <laughs> I do sound 